end of the first day of the retreat. How are you? Check in for a moment. How are you in this moment? You're probably feeling differently now than you felt some moments of today. Probably there are lots of different experiences today as Eugene was showing with his hand movements up and down and way up and way down and just curvy and all of that. Anyone not experience that today? Yeah, so... So for the first, for the non-first timers, you know the ropes. You know that the first day of the retreat, the first few days of the retreat, is just like that. Um, it's just settling in. So you know the process. You know that you'll be in the swamps, what's known as the swamps. That you'll you might feel really sleepy um, the first day or two, and it's just part of the process. That when the body settles, when it's sitting down especially if you've had a lot of busyness and stress before coming here. It's perfectly normal for the body want to, wanting to reclaim uh, the sleep debt that it is owed. Show of hand, who felt sleepy today? Anyone? Yeah, great. Keep them up. N- look around. Everybody, look around. Yeah, please, t- especially if you're in the first row. T- t- look back. Okay, if you felt sleepy today and if you were fighting it, did you see how many people had their hands up? It's part of the process. It's part of the process. And especially for the first-timers, um, which is about 30% of you, if I have the stats right from, from our looking at the sheets today, um, it's just part of the process, not, not to fight with yourself, not to, to judge yourself, you're bad, you, you came here to meditate and now you're falling asleep, how dare you fall asleep, you know, you're angry with yourself, you're stumping around, it's just, it's part of the process, we learn to accept, we learn to accept, we learn to, to befriend, whatever it is. Your mind isn't defective. It's just part of the process, it's just part of the process of, of starting your retreat. It's all okay. You might have felt restless. You might have felt bored. You might have felt a number of things at the same time, multiple hindrances at the same time. We'll talk more about them in the days to come. But just, just remember to be gentle with yourself. Be gentle with yourself. There is no, no particular way you're supposed to be. No need to have this idealized version that just because you're on a meditation retreat, you're going to sit and it's all going to be rosy. No. You're coming, you're bringing in a lot with yourself in your, in your suitcase, in your luggage, the luggage of your mind. I'd like to offer a, a poem, which I think is particularly appropriate for the first day of retreat. 
see if you see yourself in here. It's called Zazen. When I first floundered in, no one knew me, not even myself. Staggering under a Saratoga trunk, crammed with humiliations, bottled like urine samples, nail kegs of anger, carbons of abusive letters, chemistry quizzes with Fs, even the horse I never had, and the two casseroles left over from the dime-a-dip supper. No one remarked that I had brought too much. I was wearing three fur hats donated by opulent cousins, my feet encased in cement. Ever since the failure of the patio project, and my mouth full of barbs as an old trout. No one praised me on my appearance. The trunk fell off my back, disgorging its unusual contents at my stone feet, which also came off. The fur hats tumbled like a moth-eaten avalanche burying a small monk no one noticed. My sweat began to dry. I folded myself into one piece. No one. So you may have brought your trunk full of unusual contents, even the horse you never had, the wishes unfulfilled, the joys, the sorrows, we bring them all on the retreat. All of you is welcome. All parts of you are welcome, even the parts you want to disown. And we sit with them. We sit with them with awareness. We don't try to, to get away from them, push them away, ignore them, repress them. They come up. We bring our, our entire being onto the retreat, onto the cushion. You take refuge. And we are aware of everything that arises in time. We pay attention, we pay attention every moment, every moment. And slowly, slowly, the trunk starts to fall off our back, our encased feet open up. And we start to know who we are little by little. So. Allow that magic to happen. It will happen slowly. The first few days are the days that you probably will be most aware of the big, heavy trunk that you've brought. And it's okay. It's part of this process. It's part of this process. Just remember, especially for those of you who have done retreats before, it's part of the process. For those of you who haven't, it's, it's still part of the process. Hang in there. So, especially in the first days, remember one thing to remember 
is to be gentle with yourself. Be gentle with yourself. It's very simple, and yet we often don't do that because we've set ourselves up to do whatever. But being gentle is actually the the most direct path to doing this practice. Being relaxed, being gentle, with the right level of effort, not tight. The, the tighter you are, the more you want something, the more elusive it becomes. Be gentle with yourself. Sit, walk, follow the schedule. Give yourself to the schedule. Let the schedule be your support. And yet be gentle with yourself. Let yourself be supported, feel supported on this land by the beauty of nature. I wasn't feeling so well this afternoon. I went for a walk. And I felt so supported just by being here, by the golden color of the hills, by the wispy clouds, by the blue sky, by the quiet, by the turkeys that were walking by. I felt so supported. On this walk, when I wasn't feeling well, I ran into the cooks and I felt supported by them. They, they pour their heart and soul and their love into the delicious food they cook for us to be here. And every time I eat the food, I feel supported. So many people do so much for us to be here. So, so let yourself appreciate, feel supported. Let your heart be buoyed. Let your heart be lifted. Feel supported by whatever supports you. Be gentle. Be gentle with the part that is tired and is sleepy. Be gentle with the part that is restless or the part that is sad or grieving or bored, or joyous. As Rumi says in his poem, The Guest House, which is probably the most often quoted poem in the mindfulness circles. But since I'm Persian, and he was Persian, I have quoting rights. So I'm going to quote a part of it, not the entire thing. But he says... Welcome and entertain them all, even if they are a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house, empty of its furniture. Still, treat each guest honorably. Be gentle with everything that comes, all these guests that have visited you today and will visit you this week. You're here to be with them to welcome and entertain them all, even if they are a crowd of sorrows. So we see and we learn by being with and paying kind and gentle attention 
by being aware, by being aware, the light of awareness, the miraculous light of awareness. So in the talk tonight, I'd like to provide some orientation about the practice that we're doing here this week. And the orientation or somewhat of a roadmap that I'd like to offer is not so much about your experience, because your experience will be whatever it will be, right? Your experience will have a way of unfolding in its own time. It does not unfold according to a roadmap or a timetable. What I would like to share with you is give you a sense of how the instructions, how the the holding of this this retreat might unfold, because it's it's a slightly different from um, a say a traditional inside retreat that is taught here. But before I do that, now that I've told you, so that that was kind of the preview. But before I do that. There's another piece that I would really like to bring in, which is really important for each and every one of us, especially at the beginning of a retreat. And that is the piece about intention. In Buddhism, intention has a very important, plays a very important part in the practice. And as human beings, our intention plays an important part in directing our direction in life. As we set our intention in a particular direction, it's, it's very, very important for us as, as, as individuals also. And since we're embarking on this retreat together, it's so important to be very clear, to have a lot of clarity about our intention. So as you're sitting, I invite you to close your eyes, get into your meditation posture for a moment. We'll do a a reflection for a few minutes together. Sitting, settling into your body. Feeling the flow of your breath within the frame of the body, just settling with a few breaths first. Settling, centering. in the question, why am I here? Why have I come to this meditation retreat? What is my intention? What 
What is my aspiration? Drop the question in and listen for answers. See what comes up. Whatever came up in your mind as a reason, as an intention, honor it, bow to it, and now let it go. And now, with a clear slate, drop in the question in for a second time, fresh. Why am I here? What has brought me here? What do I hope for? And listen, see what might come up. Something, or maybe nothing. Let yourself be surprised. Often re-asking the question allows a deeper answer to arise. Listen deeply. came up or didn't come up, also honor that and bow to it in your mind. And let this go too. And now for a third time, drop in the question as if a stone in a well, more deeply. What is my intention? What is my highest intention? Why am I here? Why am I practicing? Why do I practice? Why? And listen deeply. or whatever might arise. It might surprise you.
bow to whatever came up also, to everything that has come up. Take a breath and open your eyes when you're ready. Now, remember your intention. Remember what came up for you. You may even want to take a moment tonight to just jot it down. Because in the ups and downs of the retreat, one thing that can help support you and sustain you is connecting with your intention, staying connected with your intention. Why are you here? Why are you practicing? Help keep it alive in your heart. And come back to it, hopefully every morning as you wake up or perhaps at the beginning of every sit or walking period, reconnecting with your intention. Make it a practice. Have curiosity about it, especially if you've never done setting of intention as a practice before, as a conscience, as a conscious practice. Try it out and report back. So, so now back to what I promised, which is a bit of an orientation and a roadmap as to what to expect or what, what is unfolding. So, so on this retreat, we are practicing mindfulness, vipassana, drawn from the Satipatthana Sutta, the Four Foundations of Mindfulness Sutta, which is where the teachings on mindfulness are drawn from. And for many whose entry into practice, into Buddhist practice, might have been from secular mindfulness practice, like MBSR. Surprise, surprise, those teachings also are drawn from the Satipatthana Sutta, from the Four Foundations of Mindfulness. And that's what we're practicing here, so it's 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 all connected. It's the same. So we're we're practicing from the source material and this retreat instead of adapted. So the Satipatthana Sutta, the four foundations of mindfulness, the four contemplations, the four foundations. The first one is the contemplation of the body. The second is Vedana or feeling tone. The third one is mind, contemplating the mind. And the fourth is mind objects, or dhammas. And the progression goes from coarse and easier to more subtle. So the body is the coarsest level, is where we start, because the body is easiest to to feel and sense as you're sitting here listening to my talk. Can you feel yourself sitting on a chair or a cushion? Yes, yes, it's available. Whereas noticing the feeling tone or the mind state or mood, um, etc., might be a, 
can might require a little more um, awareness, settling of the mind. But the body is is easy. It's where we start. Is where we start tethering the mind. Is where is where we start. So, it's also, in, in the teachings, it's possible to use just one of the satipatthanas as a um, meditation object. Um, and the awareness can deepen with one of these objects, say just the body or just the mind, etc. However, um, the Buddha compares the four satipatthanas to four chariots, coming from four different directions and scattering a heap of dust at the intersection. Each chariot will disperse the dust on its own, but four of them will be much more effective together. All of them practice together. So starting with the body is what we're doing on this retreat in case you noticed this morning in the instructions as Eugene was guiding us beautifully to notice the body, to notice the body in the sitting posture. He mentioned that. He mentioned noticing the the sensations of the body, warmth, coolness, the sits bones, on, on the chair or cushion, the hands, the, so all the, the connection points, the sensations, coolness, uh, warmth, pressure, lightness, heaviness, so those are all the sensations in the body that are explored. As well as the breath. The breath in the Satipatthana is included in the body because you feel it in the body. And again, Eugene this morning invited us to feel the breath wherever it's easiest for you to feel it, nostrils, movement, belly. Um, So those three, which is the posture, the the, um, sensations, which is also known as the four elements, uh, as the four elements, the uh, contemplation in in Satipatthana Sutta, as well as the, the breath, are all part of the body contemplation and is the place that we start usually, and is where we're starting on this retreat. Why? Because it's the best place to start tethering the mind, to calm the mind, especially when we come from from our daily lives with all the balls that we all have to juggle. It's the place is where you stabilize, you get stable, and then you can open up to more phenomena, to mind, to, to mind objects, to feeling tones, Vedana, etc., etc., but we start with the body for the first couple of days. So if there's one thing you're going to remember, if there's going to be a, a quiz at the end of this talk, it will be, what are we doing for the first couple of days? Mindfulness of the body. Okay, one more time. In your mind. What are we doing for the first couple of days? Mindfulness of the body. So come back to that. Come back to that because it really helps stabilize the attention. I can't tell you how much it helps. Um, 
both personally from the retreats that, that I practice myself. I keep coming back to, to the body and then the mind settles and then the mind can open up and be present. Whereas the first couple of days, it's harder if you just want to pay attention just to the sounds or, 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 or just to thoughts rather. Thoughts can be tricky. So one way to think about that in, in a beautiful metaphor that one of my teachers, Gil Franz, still uses is to think of mindfulness as, as a um, pyramid. So if, if pyramid is upright, um, if it has the heavy base on the bottom, it's stable, right? It's very stable. But if the pyramid is, is uh, so if the bottom is heavy, but if it's tipped over, if, if it's really top heavy and it's tipped over, the pyramid is not stable. So if you think about the base of the pyramid, the lower level of the pyramid, as the mindfulness of the body, is what that, that's the part that keeps you grounded, keeps you settled. The middle layer is mindfulness of emotions and mind states. The top layer can be mindfulness of thought. And if we give too much attention at the, ve- at the outset, before we have got our base really, really stable, the pyramid can become toppled over. It becomes top-heavy if you start thinking about mind. If you're like, oh, this thought and that thought and that memory and that plan and that regret, and that, it just becomes unstable. Does that make sense? So stabilizing the pyramid in the body, mindfulness of the body. Let the body serve as a foundation, as a stabilizer. Now a way that I've, I've adapted um, this metaphor is is a blow-up balloon that has sand on the bottom. I don't know if you've seen them. There are these big uh, human-sized blow-up balloons with something heavy on the bottom. And if you kick them, they, 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 um, you know, they stand right up, right? They fall over, they stand right up. They fall over, they stand right up. So that if you have a strong base of mindfulness in the body, then you, know, you get knocked over by a thought, ooh, you stand up again. You're you're back in your body. You're you're back stabilized instead of being lost and gone for hours and hours. So I keep repeating this because I can't overemphasize how much this tethering could be of service the first couple of days of the retreat. Mindfulness of the body, including the breath. Notice that I'm including the breath in that, which is what many of us are used to practicing as our anchor, as our tether, okay? So, after that, what you would notice, and actually what you've already probably noticed, that there is an emphasis on awareness, and relaxation, and ease, and just being with. So, the style in which we are offering the teachings of the Satipatthana, the mindfulness teachings on this retreat, are in the style of a respected teacher, um, Utejaniya, who many of us have sat with, and some of us for a long time, and his style of teaching is really um, emphasizes awareness, continuous awareness, 
continuous awareness. It's continuous and relaxed, and we'll talk more about that. This sort of choiceless awareness is more conducive also to transfer into daily life when you leave the retreat to take it with you. So after first couple of days of doing a little more of tethering and stabilizing our attention, then you'll notice that we'll, we'll open up will open up a lot more. We'll open up into choiceless awareness. So, sort of that's will be that's that will be what's coming up. There are just a few principles that I want to to mention, and over the week these will all be fleshed out and talk more about. But as you're practicing, and also as you're practicing with the body for the first couple of days, these are the principles to also bring in to bring in. So the first one is awareness. Be aware. And in this practice, we use words such as observe, watch, be aware, pay attention and not words like focus, concentrate, penetrate. You hear the difference? Okay, on one hand we have observe, watch, be aware, pay attention. So these are good words to drop in for yourself as you're going through the day. Be aware, pay attention, observe. And Awareness in this practice, there are, a lot of, um, there are a lot of questions that you can drop into your mind. So for example, just as you're sitting here and listening, is awareness present? You can drop this question in when you're sitting or walking. Is awareness present? How does it feel to be aware? How does it feel not to be aware? If awareness is present, what is the quality of awareness right now? Is it strong or is it weak? These are some examples of questions that you can drop in. The simplest one is, is awareness present? And that could just be your mindfulness bell. Very gentle. Is awareness present? Again, you're not dropping this question with a big hammer. Is awareness present? You're not doing that. Just very, is awareness present? Very gentle. Very gentle. Relaxed. The second principle to keep in mind is continuity, which is really, really vital for this style of practice. So continuity means all the time, 24-7. So the practice doesn't end when you get up the cushion 
and start walking is continuous. Is the awareness present? It doesn't end when you go into your room and close the door. <clears throat> In early years of my practice, the first few retreats, I didn't quite have the concept of continuity. And when I was in the hall, when I was sitting, that was my formal practice. And when I went into my room and closed the door, ah, I can let my hair down. So, but it took me a while to get what continuity meant. You continue to practice when you're in your room, when you're brushing your teeth, when you're going to the bathroom, when you're going through your stuff. Be aware. It's all okay. You can do everything when you're standing in line, in the food line. Be aware. What are you aware of? Is awareness present? What is awareness present of? What what is what is awareness um, what is what is awareness aware of in this moment? And when you're aware continuously, momentum builds, and it might seem really really hard. Is she kidding? continuously, but the trick is actually in the third principle. The third principle is relax. So the continuity is only possible if you're really relaxed and you have a light touch. So as you're sitting here and listening to the sound of my voice, You're aware that you're listening, right? Yeah. Okay. That's the level of effort that you need. Just that. It's a very light touch. It's not that much. It doesn't take much to be aware. And that level of energy you can sustain the whole day. If it was Herculean effort and you're sitting here and concentrating and trying to penetrate and be aware, yeah, you'll be exhausted if you did it 24-7. It'll be really hard. But if your attention is very, you're just aware that you're sitting. You're aware you're listening. You're just aware. Very simple. And the last principle is, is really about the attitude. And it's not so, it's just as much about the object you're, atten- you're attending to as it is about the way in which you're holding your attention, whether you're grasping, whether you really want something to happen, whether you're pushing something away, whether you're, for example, if you're doing the mindfulness of the body tomorrow, if you if you're really want this, this pain that you have in your knee to go away or you're hating it, what is the attitude with which you're attending? So it's not just the sensation of the unpleasantness of the pain, perhaps, of the sensations that you're attending to, but the way with which you're holding. That's just as important in this practice. And my dear friends, we'll flesh all of these out and and it will become clear as you practice and you become, you drop in questions about your attitude also, and the way you're holding things. So, so just to summarize, awareness, and for example, if we're talking about um, mindfulness of the body, It'll be awareness of the body continuously 
with relaxed and gentle effort and with the right attitude, not an attitude of grasping or pushing or wanting things to be different, but just being with and observing and being with, being with, being with. And knowing that it's all nature, it's all nature. Your body is nature and the mind is nature. It all arises and passes away. So I've, ta- I've given a lot of practicalities just to give you some orientation, what to expect coming up in the next few days. But all of these practicalities and the how is really in the service of, of why. Why are you here? Why are you practicing? Why? Going back to that. Practicing to know reality, to be intimate with reality, to know things as they really are, not through our projections or the way we want them to be. to be truly human in the best expression of what it means to be human in this life. And not to set your, your goal so low, not to set yourself so low, just, just, this pra- just practicing just for... Um, stress reduction or pain relief or whatever it is which, which are worthy reasons also, intentions also. And to let yourself be open up to more than that, to something that you can't even fathom or imagine. So I started practicing years ago because I had an illness. that I was very sick and... I was desperate for anything, and when a friend of mine talked about meditation and and a week-long silent retreat, sure, sign me up, I'll do anything. Um, So I entered the the path for pain relief, in a way, suffering. And as as the path has unfolded, the, the horizons that have opened... I couldn't have imagined. And if I had just let my aspiration just be that relief, just that, just that, I would have really, really limited myself, limited my humanity. And the practice continues to open up in ways that I couldn't have possibly imagined So I invite you not to set yourself short. Let yourself be surprised. Let your intentions, the highest intention, highest intention humanly possible. So one thing I wanted to share with you, which is still kind of new for me and rise, is um, as, as, as I was saying, let yourself be surprised. 
and this practice opens up in ways that if you limit yourself, as, as Heraclitus says, Heraclitus says, um, expect the unexpected or you won't find it. Kind of an oxymoron. Expect the unexpected or you won't find it. So one thing that has started to, to, I'm starting to get glimpses into myself, and this is really new for me, which I, I don't even have really the words to put into it, so bear with me if this, this doesn't quite come across, but I haven't quite processed it either, but I'm just offering it really as a raw and unprocessed thing for me, just to give a sense of what the practice can open up to. Um, start to have this feeling that I'm not living my life for me anymore, which is kind of surprising me. It just started to happen recently. Like, what, what does that even mean? I'm starting to still grapple with it it's, or, or make sense of it. Um, and it's something that I didn't even know how to set my intention to, but it opens up as I'm not just living my life for me anymore. the feeling of being interconnected to a lot more than just this little life. But anyway, I leave it as that. I like to finish the talk and with the words of Nisar Gadita. Wisdom tells me I'm nothing. Love tells me I'm everything. Between the two, my life flows. Let's just sit for a moment. Wisdom tells me that I am nothing. Love tells me that I'm everything. Between the two, my life flows. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.